Hello, critical thinkers. Welcome to this next episode of the Healthy and Awake podcast. Today's going to be a little bit different. I actually was invited to be the guest on a podcast by a health coaching friend of mine, a board certified health coach named Laura Timbrook. She's a great person doing great work in health coaching. She helps a lot of people. And we had a really cool conversation about persuasive marketing and influence. And I must have used the word propaganda 10,000 times, but uh, I think you're really going to enjoy this one because it's not just me talking alone here. Like most of these episodes, it's very conversational. She has a lot of good things to say in this episode too. And we even have more coming up. So I'm going to be on her podcast again, talking about cold exposure, cold thermogenesis and the health implications of that. So that'll be a lot of fun. And her podcast is the Shift Health Coach Podcast. She just rebranded. So please check her out. Make sure to subscribe to her show. I'm going to put the link in the show notes and I'll leave it there. So enjoy the show. Have you ever listened to a commercial and bought something wondering what the hell you were thinking a few days later? This is because the power of psychology, which influences our decision-making, corporate marketing knows this, and they often use it to influence how we purchase. In this episode, we're going to discuss how marketing influences our decision-making and how we can harness that power to create healthier habits to improve our overall health. Today, we have special guests with us, Mike Vera. Mike Vera is a national board certified health and wellness coach with a bachelor's degree in psychology from Temple University and a master's degree in exercise science and health promotion. With a concentration in sports psychology and performance enhancement, Mike has a wealth of knowledge and experience in the health and wellness field. In addition to his work as a health coach, Mike also serves as a research lab manager in cognitive psychology at Penn State University. Mike is also the owner of Red Pill Health and Wellness. Mike helps individuals wake up to better health by guiding them to tap into their untapped potential. Well, thanks, Mike, for joining us on the Shift Health Coach podcast. I'm really excited to have you here today. I think, you know, we just had the episode released on the Golo uh, diet review, and we were talking a little bit about marketing and how strong that can kind of grab a hold of us and creates this um, kind of this whole whirlwind on, you know, what's healthy, what's not. And we're going to talk a little bit about that today. So I want you to give you the opportunity to say hi, everybody. And if you want to tell them a little bit about yourself. Sure. Well, thank you, Laura, for having me here today. I do appreciate it. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Mike Vera. I, I do all things health coaching. So I, I health coach with individuals, with groups. I talk to health coaches. I talk to companies about health coaching. So I'm, I'm fully in it and uh, it really is my passion. I love uh, trying to influence the world in my own way to be a healthier place, a more mindful place. And that's really a part of my life mission. Yeah, awesome. And I just want to let everybody know that I know a lot of times we talk about health coaches and making sure health coaches are board certified. Both me and Mike are board certified. It's actually how I met Mike through um, the board certified forum. So I think that's really powerful when we're talking about health coaching and and that, you know, making sure we're qualified because a lot of health coaches, you know, the strong suit of the health coach is on that behavioral change. And I know that's something that we kind of both agree on. 
And that's a good way to market health coaching too, which is, I think, appropriate to the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. You know, one of the things when it comes to, you know, health coaching and anybody that's really looking to make those health behavioral changes, you know, the first thing everybody goes through is Instagram, Google, you know, we're always listening or, you know, maybe you're listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. I know I had so many people that often ask me about athletic greens. Tell me about athletic greens. And it's because it's basically advertised on just about everybody's podcast. And I know when we were initially having that conversation, you were talking about persuasive marketing because you have some background in this. So you want to yeah. give some information about that? Sure. I, I mean, originally, my background is in psychology. I've done some research in cognitive psychology as a research lab manager. So I've worked with a team and um, I've been absolutely obsessed with the idea of the propagation of ideas. So propaganda, which is, you know, arguably the same as marketing. And so when I talk about this sort of thing, you might hear me use that type of language a lot. Um, I've and and so I've studied this in an academic sense. You know, I've written reports and I've done plenty of research on people like Edward Bernays, who is the the father of modern propaganda and marketing and public relations. Um, and then also as a health coach, I actually get to apply some of my psychology knowledge to helping people change their own behavior. Because, of course, as, as health coaches, we don't say, hey, this is what you should do. Here's your homework. Do this. This is how you're going to change yourself. That's that's not how it works. It's really like a like a dance or a wrestling match or a, however you want to look at it. It there is some influence involved in what we get to do as health coaches. And I like to think of it as we use those powers for good. Right. Because you hear this idea of propaganda or some people, even with marketers, they look at this sort of thing as possibly bad or manipulative. And and really, they're just tools and tactics and strategies to create an outcome. Right. This this idea of influence. But, you know, we get to use those those things for, I think, a, a higher purpose, a, a good reason. I think most people would agree. Yeah. And I think it's interesting, you know, I think so many of you know, I've been hearing the word propaganda a lot. And I think it's a lot of it on the Russian war right now is because you're hearing it from the negative side. But, you know, it's interesting when we look at health products, you know, it's very hard. And this was one of the reasons why I originally started the Outspoken Nutrition podcast three years ago. It, it was because how do we break free of that misinformation? You know, we were talking about the go low diet last week and how it was really positioned to be these amazing supplements. And it really came down to the diet and the supplement was just like the sprinkle on top, you know. Um, but yet when you talk to people, they only know the go low diet as these supplements and not this actual lifestyle change that you have to make, which is health coaches. We know if you're going to have any sustainable change, it has to be a lifestyle change. And, you know, I know you were talking so much about, um, you know, some of the things that that misinformation that we're given when it comes to products and how it's marketed. Can you kind of give us some information about that? Sure. I, I mean, so with what you described, uh, I, I'll be honest, I don't know about this company in particular, but many of these types of companies use propaganda tactics to to appeal to people. And and when you really think about it, like I, I like to use the language, it's almost like an attack, right? These efforts, I, I know that's off-putting to some people, but like 
it is inarguable that these are offensive maneuvers. They're not defensive maneuvers. These are offensive maneuvers. There are people sitting in a boardroom with, with suits that are thinking of ways that they can essentially, you know, influence your behavior in some way. In, in this context, usually to take your money. So they're not putting together logical arguments. It, it's not like, hey, this is a, you have this exact problem and it'll fill this need in X, Y, and Z way. It's very often a coordinated campaign to usually mess with your emotions a little bit, right? So, and especially with something like supplements, I mean, that appeals to the idea of uh, how hard and challenging it can be to live a healthy lifestyle. So let's appeal to the idea that this one like type of supplement would be a quick, easy fix. It's the answer to all your problems. You pop these pills, then you don't even have to worry about changing your diet and, and adding things and exercising. So it, I think it's important to think about the idea that there are groups of people or, or groups of, of institutions that sit around and they these departments spend all day thinking of ways to, to influence you towards some direction. And, and with these types of companies, that can include everything from, you know, advertisements would be the most obvious. But they, they go as far as inserting narratives into TV shows or movies. They use social pressure campaigns like MLMs, the, the multi-level marketing. That's, that's propaganda. That's, that's like a form of social pressure. So they, they're very creative. They're very aggressive and ambitious. And, and ultimately, it's up to the individual to decide if, it's, if this is right for them. Does this fit with my goals? And really, as a health coach, that's all I'm interested in is... is helping to wake people up to, to this idea that they might be under some influence. And all it really takes is just making some conscious decisions about the information that might be in front of them. You know, that's a really good point. And it's, it's interesting as you talk about, you know, that social aspect of it. I mean, last month we saw that at a head when the liver king kind of all of that fell apart because, yeah. you know, here are people that really you know, they he had a good connection to the male population, like being that masculine, that tough outer front and saying I could be, you know, 30, 40 years old and still have this muscle mass that I know a lot of times guys are very concerned of as they age. And you see this and it's like, oh, my goodness, I have to just eat raw liver and elk testicles and all of this will be great. And you know, when that veil is pulled back and you realize, no, he was really juicing pretty hard. <laughs> yeah, juicing pretty hard is right. I think it was 11 grand a month on, <laughs> on all these experimental pharmaceuticals. Like, who knows the long-term mm -hmm. implications of that? And the unfortunate reality is that there are vulnerable people out yeah. there who don't know any better. Young men like myself who, mm -hmm. who just might trust this guy for whatever reason, the appeal to authority. And, and they're just playing on these young men's emotions like, hey, I want to be jacked like the liver king, only to find out that the whole thing was essentially a fraud. Yeah. And, and people like this can ruin it for everybody because for all we know, I, you know, this isn't uh, the, the idea of the liver and all these things. I, I'm not too, uh, too much of an expert on that particular topic. But for all I know, these things could be very good for promoting your health. And now because of somebody like the liver king, there's going to be plenty of people out there completely dismissing this idea because he essentially committed fraud. It's it's unfortunate. It is. And, you know, especially considering his original message was about helping 
you know, younger males with mental health. And then somehow it spiraled out of control. And at no point, and it was one of the things we talked about on the podcast episode, at, at no point it looked like he was really, he realized that how detrimental it was to somebody following him, doing everything he said that might have been struggling with their mental health and not getting the results. And that was more detrimental than anything else put out there. And I think a lot of times, you know, when we start looking at this marketing or propaganda, how, you know, how they manipulate us on emotions, um, I know that's a lot what we see. We see it with women and hormones. You know, yeah. every diet out there is about woman, women and hormones. And we saw it with um, V Shred did it a couple years ago, and he's still out there talking about this. And it's just all scammy. And it's how, as consumers, can we better protect ourselves from stuff like this? Well, I do think the first step is awareness uh, because there are plenty of people out there who just really either don't think about these sorts of things at all. And again, these are offensive maneuvers. These are things that if you are not paying attention to them, they will influence your life in some way at some point. I mean, we're just constantly being, again, I use this word, attacked by all these different people. You, you have uh, you know, political propaganda, you have corporate propaganda, even sports engage in propaganda with their messaging, their symbols, their teams, the, the chants, all of it, uh, the, the schools. You know, so there's propaganda, there's influence efforts coming from every single direction. So if you want to protect yourself against this, if somebody wants to uh, protect themselves against this, number one, awareness, because at least you can sort of start to navigate the landscape for how it really is. And that's, you know, my business is called Red Pill Health and Wellness. That's where the red pill comes in. This idea of taking the red pill, it wakes you up to how the world really is, to the reality of the situation. And so I just see so many people out there, it, at least in this context, completely unaware of, of how the world really works in terms of propagating ideas. And that makes them extremely vulnerable. And, and it can make a person confused and uncertain. It can create mental obstacles that really don't even need to be there. And quite honestly, as a health coach who talks to people, many people every single day, it's the elephant in the room. Like the, all these efforts are influencing people's decision-making. Mm. And so we spend, as, as health coaches, so much time helping them make better decisions. And I feel like we would cut 80% of the time with clients if this elephant in the room were addressed because they could navigate the world. It, it's like playing a game of chess and you don't know the rules of chess. Of course you're going to lose. So it's like really knowing the rules and, and knowing how to orient yourself through life so that you can protect yourself in the way that you best see fit. You know, that's a really good point, because I think a lot of times we do. We see all this information. You don't know what to believe when you see, you know, these advertisements on Instagram. You know, so many times you see somebody, maybe a celebrity, maybe somebody that you highly respect and they're promoting a, a product. But what you're not seeing behind that picture oftentimes is the dollars that they're being paid to promote that product. And it, it you're, you are right. We have to look beyond a little bit. And I think it's very hard because sometimes we get in this moment of we're just stressed. We're tired of questioning things. And it's just easier just to believe. 
And, yeah. you know, I know you actually had a post on LinkedIn similar to this. And you were talking about your, the red blue, uh, the red pill and the blue pill, um, the reference from the Matrix. And, you know, I think I responded. Sometimes I just wish it was a purple pill. Like, right. can I pick and choose what I want? And it's it's difficult because it does. I mean, every time I have a client that wants thinking about a supplement and they talk to their doctors and it's like, OK, well, have you done any research on some of this? Because one of the difficult things and I know, Mike, you probably deal with this a lot in your business is, you know, not all the time do doctors know the side effects of supplements they're looking at. I just actually had um, an issue a couple months ago, somebody, somebody taking berberine because they were told it helps in moderating blood sugar. Yep. It actually helps in lowering blood sugar. So if you don't have high blood sugar, all of a sudden now you're putting yourself in a hypoglycemic state because now you're lowered. So, you know, it's got to be so careful when we're starting to look at this and it becomes exhaustive, you know. Yep. What are some, are there some websites that you know that can, people can look for supplements and how to be a little safer? With supplements in particular, I, I generally recommend there are like third-party websites. I think consumerlab.com is, is one that I've used in the past. Mm -hmm. And the good thing about that is that they can uh, look for themselves. The testing that's been done are the claims that these companies are making. Are, are they real and, and valid? Are they backed up? by the testing that we've done. There are a few other places like that. And uh, I, I think you've even mentioned like the doctors and, and certain pharmaceuticals. There's another useful website along these same lines called rxisk.org. That's r-x-i-s-k.org. And, and what that website does is it takes all the FDA data on uh, all the pharmaceuticals and it aggregates them in a way where the average person can go look up the drug that they might be using and see some of the side effects and other implications of taking that drug. So these sites, these types of sites allow for informed decision-making, which I'm all for. I think that's great. Yeah. And I love the fact that you mentioned that website and I'm actually going to put the link in the show notes so anybody can go check it out because I think that's a powerful resource. And I actually just, just learned about it now. I'm, I'm always hitting like the old Google engine. You know, mm. um, but when it comes to stuff like that and, you know, one of the things is I know a lot of times people will be like, you know, I think keto did it a lot where they were like, oh, we have all these studies. Yeah, there were all these studies and it was based on neurological, you know, sure. so when people were twisting this around, it's like we got to look at the studies. And I think this is where, you know, it becomes a little cumbersome, you know, for me, going through a study is a little bit easier only because I used to work in life science. So going through studies and serious adverse events and reading them is something that I used to do on a regular basis. But what I always like to tell people is when you look at a study, look how big the study was, how long the study and who the study was done on. Because we know, I know a lot of women now are starting to realize those studies done before the 2000s, it was all men. It was very, yeah. not very often we were, they were run on women. So when they're saying all these numbers for women and women are trying to figure out why this diet, why this supplement, why this isn't working, well, because it was never tested on you. Um, so we're starting to realize that. But, you know, companies are getting a little bit smarter now. They're doing it a little bit better. Um, but that's interesting things that, you know, we have to look at. And I like the idea what you were saying. So I want to go back a little bit with the social media aspect, because I think this is one of the areas that 
people are getting hit a lot on. What are some of the different tactics that you see happening a lot? Well, I, I think even before the tactics, I would get into this idea that that social media is an environment. You know, our environment affects our behavior. And I mean, if you don't believe that, I, grocery stores spend millions of dollars just trying to figure out the best way to get you to buy a candy bar. And I mean, if that much effort is going into something that simple, well, I, I think it would behoove the individual to be mindful of the environment in which they spend the most time. And nowadays, that environment is social media, whether that's Facebook or LinkedIn or wherever. And, and so it's, you know, there's no easy answer to this sort of thing. The answer is just to be aware and to be careful. And, you know, I guess ideally, if you want to completely eliminate your exposure to influence campaigns, the, the best answer would be to not use it. But in today's day and age, how practical is that really? Um, especially speaking here as a health coach who runs an online business, that's simply not a, an option for me. Um, so I, in terms of tactics uh, being used, I, ultimately, I, I think the biggest thing worth paying attention to is coordinated efforts. So like one thing here or there, like a single Facebook ad, yeah, maybe that, that'll have an effect. But I, I mean, the really aggressive people, the really motivated organizations, let's say, they'll, they'll pay people to like in a coordinated fashion, spread the, like keywords and types of messaging and in, in like forums that you hang out in, especially the more specific you get. So if I'm trying to influence somebody, it's like, let's say I'm trying to influence a large group of people to dye their hair blue, right? Like, and I, just to, you know, a silly example, I would pick specific spots in the internet where people are already susceptible to that idea. And I would construct my messaging in a precise way to appeal to the emotions that they might be feeling. And then like eventually you get some momentum and, and then you can leverage social pressure from the people that are already doing it. This is why people pay influencers on social media to, to propagate messages. And it really works. Look at Logan Paul, who just like he's he's had young kids flooding all these to buy these these energy drinks. And, and this it happens all over the place. Mr. Beast, same thing with his chocolate bars. So these are very, very powerful campaign tactics, influence tactics that are being used online, uh, some of which are more overt than others. You know, the overt ones, you don't have to worry about as much. It's it's the very uh, low key ones that that you especially have to pay attention to. But I, I'd like to add one more thing. You know, it, it's an environment that you have some control over. So you can curate your feed in a certain way. If I'm trying to make a million dollars, let's say that's my goal for the year. Well, I can flood my social media with people talking about how to make money. I could put images of money, music that makes me think of money. I mean, these are the tactics that companies are getting or are using to get you to buy certain things. So I see no reason why we can't use those sorts of tactics on ourselves to produce a deliberate, intended, specific outcome for our own benefit instead of the benefit of, of some company. Right. You know, I love that you just brought that up because that intention, that, you know, mindset where you're talking about if you wanted a million dollars, flood your feed with a million dollars. And I think that's really powerful because what we were talking about on the negative side of it, let's flip that around and look at the positive side of it. We yeah. can potentially use that for our own benefit. And it's, it's funny, I actually had a friend that used to work at ShopRite and she used to learn about product placement. And I remember her telling me about it. And it is so interesting how much research and money 
goes into product placement and how things are placed on shelves. Um, but yeah, it's the the candy bars at kids level. So at the checkout, because my kids were always grabbing a candy bar, you know, and it's stuff like that. But, you know, the idea that we can use it for our own good instead of always using it for, you know, negative and feeling bombarded. And, you know, it was interesting when you were talking about, um, you know, that social pressure and having to do that. You know, one of the things that came to mind is if you keep seeing an ad and it's over and over again, I think that's the kind of thing that you have to think and question. Like, why am I being targeted for this? And what's going on? Because I know that's exactly how that whole Golo thing came up because it was, it's constant on TV all the time. And you know, when you're dealing with a generation, their their target market is uh, like 45 and up. Well, a lot of them are still watching TV. They're not necessarily on Instagram as much. And it was interesting because when I started looking into it, I'm like, that's why they're on TV and they're not on Instagram yeah. because it's who they're targeting. And it's it's funny because the people that have brought it up to me were all in their like 60s or there was somebody in their 70s. And they were like, well, what about this weight loss product? Will this work? You know, so it's interesting on how that's being targeted. Um, do you have any of your clients actually using kind of a propaganda to help them a little bit on hitting goals? Well, I, I think everything that I talk about in terms of the propaganda tactics that institutions might be using, I really believe that in a sense, all health coaches use these because when you really break things down fundamentally, the tactics that these institutions are using are inherently tied to some aspect of your cognition or your psychology or your decision making process, those sorts of things. So, for instance, you, you mentioned like the ad that appears multiple times. Like, why would that be? I could tell you it, it's because of the availability heuristic or the availability bias. There is a mechanistic tendency in the brain to. If I'm already thinking about something like like diet and making changes to it, well, they've targeted me in that category. I have a tag. And so they're trying to appeal to whatever's available in my head. So I, that's just how we work as humans. It's it's uh, for anyone interested, look up the availability bias. We, we use it all the time. And, and that's what advertisers are spending all that money on. So it, it, for the question, like in what way might I use propaganda tactics with my clients, well, I, I would encourage them to use it on their own. And and so, you know, first, you know, I, earlier I mentioned being aware, self-examination. Anytime you you buy something or do a health behavior or really behave in any way, it might be worth asking the question, why am I doing this? Is it because I came up with the idea or am I being influenced? So that's like step one is figure out how you're being influenced so that you could specifically change like however that influence is working on you. So like I said, to, to propagandize yourself might include curating a social media feed. It might include changing the environment in your home. It might include completely changing the music you listen to, the people you hang out with, the things that you watch. It's really just changing the things that you are exposed to and and but to use a, a specific example, if you make your house as comfortable as humanly possible, 
what are the odds really that you'll want to exercise in your house? If it's filled with mm. pillows and the comfiest couch in the world and there's, you know, if it's just like a fluffy, comfortable environment, there's not going to be a lot of challenge there or, or you're, you're just not going to want to work out. Mm -hmm. So if you want to work out, you might say to yourself, let's get rid of the pillows. Let's put some weights in every corner of the house. This is what I do. I have weights in every corner of the house. And it actually makes it easier. It appeals to that availability bias because the weights are just there. It's easy to make the decision. Um, I'm constantly exposed to the weights, seeing them in my visual field. So it's really just like taking complete control. And, and that's what I, not only I try to help people with, but really all health coaches try to help people restore their own power, potential, and control. At least a good health coach. You know, there, there might be people trying to, to keep the payments going and that sort of thing. But my goal as a health coach is to get people to the point where they never need me again. They have their power. They have their potential. It's all there. I'm not telling them anything. You know, maybe in some instances they need education, but for the most part, they're doing the work. It, it's really pulling things out of people that are already there. And, and so I think propaganda, it, it would be different for everybody based on their goals. You know, I love that idea because you're right. You know, if something is cushy and warm and, you know, I was actually talking about it, another episode coming out. I think it's going to be later in February. We're going to talk about shoes and productivity and how wearing shoes makes you more product productive. And it goes through the whole science on why that's happening. And that's exactly what you're saying here is if you want to be if you want to work out every day, put yourself in the environment. Hang out with people that work out all the time. If you hang out with people that don't work out, you're not going to work out. But if you hang out with people that talk about going to the gym or the gym is kind of like their social aspect, you're more likely to go to the gym. It's one of the reasons like I know if I need to work out in the morning, generally I always work out in the morning because I know if I don't, it doesn't get done. But I'll put my workout clothes on. So that way, if it doesn't get done, I'm still in them. So at some point, my butt's going to work out, <laughs> you know. Um, but that's actually a great option. And like you said, putting those weights in your house or however you need to bombard your brain, right, with um, those tricks. I think that's a great opportunity for people to hit those goals. For sure. And I like how you pointed out the idea, too, that the clothes that you wear can have an impact. Um, that's absolutely true. If you've ever put on like something really fancy to wear, it affects your psychology. It affects how you feel. If you put on work clothes, whatever that means to, to somebody, you know, it affects how you conduct your behavior. My dad's a doctor. And, and so I have access as a kid, I would have access to scrubs. I would put on scrubs. I would feel like a more important person, you know, like people would even treat me like a different person. People are like, if I, if I could pass like a doctor or a nurse, people look at you and they treat you differently. And, and so that's another opportunity for propaganda. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it, it's so amazing because I think so many times I always thought of propaganda like we were talking about, you know, Russia or bad things or right. just yeah, I think it always has a negative connotation. But there are times that we can potentially use that information and how they're building that to our, our benefit to kind of biohack ourselves a little bit to be more productive, to make better changes. You know, I always think about, you know, when we talk about, you know, things like that, I always think about the book Food Politics by Marion Nestle, um, you know, and how so much of those politics affected how the food pyramid was originally created. 
that it wasn't off the dietary advice. And I think a lot of times, you know, we have to remember who's giving us this information. We saw it a few years ago. I'm sure you're very familiar with the whole Coca-Cola and the uh, Diabetes Association. You know, um, you we do really have to start questioning um, about where we're getting some of our health information from. I originally, I just uh, a couple months ago, had a client come to me. She was struggling with her diet and stuff like that. And she was on a vegan diet. And um, she misses meat and she was a farmer. And she she was like, I and I asked her, I said, why the vegan diet? Like, it kind of goes against everything in your core. And she's like, well, because I heard it was, I think it was something about um one of those famous, was it Jay-Z or oh, Beyonce or one of them are vegan. And, and she was like, well, I was reading about them and I figured I'd try it. And it's just interesting because it, you know, do you see a lot of that where people make decisions that even go against some of their core values? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And and I think that just, I really believe that a lot of people don't know why they make some of the decisions that they even make. I, I think a lot of people live, a, maybe not a lot of people, just some people live an unexamined life, especially around the behaviors that they engage in. And and those types of people, it can be very easy or or very they can be susceptible or vulnerable to that type of influence, especially if you, you know, have this glorified person that that you're looking up to, like a celebrity, and they're doing this thing, and and really the heart of what you might be doing is just trying to emulate their behavior. It has nothing to do with the veganism itself. You just like this person and the things that they do, and I mean that's the whole reason that that celebrity influence campaigns even exist in the first place. Uh, the Kardashians built billion dollar businesses on exactly this sort of thing. So I, I, I do see it a lot. I think uh, I, I'm sure even I have engaged in that, that sort of behavior from time to time. I have people I look up to and I, I'm sure that I maybe thought I was doing something for one reason when really deep down it was because I like this person. I want to kind of be like them. Um, and And part of that's human nature. But I also think part of that is fragility really just like unawareness and and allowing yourself to be susceptible because that's that's what it is it's if if you're you know like, like i said this is all constantly ongoing from a million different directions there's always the propagation of ideas coming for your mind it's, it's trying to influence you from all over and um it's not easy it, you know it's not like there's a clean answer to this or it's like oh just do this one thing and, and you're good to go it, it's a constant effort and and so it's it is easy to fall for this sort of thing so yeah that, you know, and you know the interesting thing is i know as health coaches we see it a lot somebody will buy a product because they think it's healthy yeah. and you know i i i've done it before too there was one time i bought these granola bars and i think i thought they were like organic kids protein bars and i got them home and it was complete garbage and I was like, I remember looking at the ingredients. I was like, why would I even buy this? And I think it was because the packaging was green. And you associate green with that healthy kind of. And I remember just being like, I can't believe I did it. Like, it was just, you know, but it it happens all the time. And I see clients do it all the time. They'll be like, oh, I found this great new product. And, you know, suddenly, you know, their bubbles burst because they might have kind of tried something and it didn't work and it kind of backfired on them a little bit. And then it's kind of, you know, it's frustrating and it's hard. Yeah, for sure. And I think you can make a similar case for a place like Planet Fitness, where, 
they they just appeal to the emotions and they they like the feeling of of working out when like if you look at the numbers 90% of their paying customers don't even exercise and and so that's actually their whole business model is to appeal specifically to the people who like the idea of working out but aren't necessarily going to use their facilities it's it's yeah. it's at, at it, least interesting it's funny because me and my daughter were just having this conversation because uh, a couple months ago we just joined planet fitness just because it's close to our house and you know, sure. um, we were talking about it and she's like, you know, it's only $10 a month. And I said, well, it's only $10 a month because they need so many people not to go. And she's like, why would you want to have a business where? And it was interesting because we had this whole conversation because she was wondering, she's like, well, why don't they have this equipment there or that equipment there? I'm like, because they don't want you there. Right. Exactly. And, yes. it and was if people just... actually use their membership, it would be a, a detrimental to the the daily functioning of their business. If all of a sudden all of their paying members actually showed up, that probably would not be a good thing for them. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, that you say that we did, we haven't gone for like the last two weeks because it's been so busy and there's not enough showers mm. for all the people working out. And I was like, listen, if we go, you might like, you might be late to school because we go first thing in the morning. So I was like, we're just going to work out at our gym at home. But it's funny because that was one of the things we thought about and, you know, that got us on the whole conversation of why don't they have like, why would you want to have enough showers for your people? Because they don't want your people there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I do want to be clear, like, you know, I I had a membership for Planet Fitness, too. You know, it can be useful. And and everything I say here is not at all or, or I should say none of what I say here is coming from a place of of judgment or anything. I'm a trained health coach. I'm a professional health coach. Right. I'm not judging uh, really anyone for doing anything or, or, or any of that. Uh, I'm simply stating that the way things are, this is the reality of the world that these, the, the propagation of ideas happening, uh, constantly it's, it's always influencing us. It is what it is. And, and it's up to the individual to determine how to best conduct themselves to account for that. You know, some and I people... think, yeah, Sorry. I no, I think that's absolutely so powerful because we do, because there's so many times that we do things and we don't understand why we do them. And, you know, we should probably be questioning a little bit more, especially if it's something outside of your realm of normal. You know, why am I wanting to do this or why am I looking at purchasing this? You know, it, it, we all know Facebook, even though they tell us that they don't track us, we know if we say something, suddenly it's going to be in our ads. You know, um, even if you weren't using your phone or you even did the Google search. I swear, um, sometimes they can read minds. Oh, yeah. Read minds, listen to us. Some, something's happening. Yep. But, you know, it's it's interest, It's very important that we do take ownership of our health. And I think as a health coach, you know, that's what health coaches need to support is having somebody taking care, or taking ownership of their own health and not just kind of blindly trusting. If you're taking something, look into it. Even if it's something doctor prescribed, you know, talk to your pharmacist. I think a lot of times that's an underutilized option. You know, if you have any questions, if you're already taking another drug, there's oftentimes I'll ask the pharmacist of something new that I've never used before and be like, hey, am I okay to take this with such and such? Because a lot of times they're the ones that are going to know, not necessarily the doctors. Absolutely. And and that's a, an outstanding point because I, I have two thoughts here. One of them is 
doctors are the target of propaganda. There is such thing as medical propaganda. There's an excellent book called Farmageddon by Dr. David Healy uh, that, that's outstanding to, to explore this topic further. Uh, but even more than that, uh, another thing you touched on is like question it, even if it's from your doctor. I would say absolutely, especially if it's your doctor, especially if it's from someone who you might find yourself unquestionably trusting or if it's like an idea that you've already had and you never really explored it. It's kind of just been sitting there in your head, especially if you find yourself trusting skepticism is healthy. I'm not saying, you know, be a paranoid maniac questioning everybody who ever says anything to you. That's that's not healthy either. But skepticism is absolutely healthy because it can prevent you from making wrong decisions. Yeah. And I think that's a good point because, you know, you think about it. If you go out to buy a car, how many people are researching what car they're buying, what the gas mileage is, all of these things, but not all the time are we doing it for other things that can actually have a bigger health effect on us. And I think it's important that we, you know, have that little skepticism in us to take a look. And I like the fact that you brought up the not to, you know, go overboard with everything because then that builds stress and distrust. And then that's a whole nother issue and a whole nother episode, right? Um well. But it is important that, you know, second opinions, I'm a big fan of a second opinion. You know, if you get something and it just not sure about it. And the same thing with health coaches, too, right? If you're hiring a health coach and you might do that free 15 minute consultation, you know what? Do it for a couple different health coaches. Yeah. Really find that one that you connect with. I tell people oftentimes, you know, health coaches are like hair stylists, you know, just because one's good, it doesn't mean that one's going to fit you. You have to kind of feel out who's going to be the best fit. And I think, you know, any level of that where you're doing your own research, you're advocating for yourself is really important. And that's, I think, especially true with the difference between board certified health coaches and non, because we we go through a lot of training and, and you and I, we have a lot of experience. Uh, we know how to navigate this sort of thing. Whereas I, I've worked with a lot of people who claim to be health coaches. They're not board certified. And really what they're doing is, and again, this isn't coming from a place of judgment, but they have their agenda, they have their views, they have their passion. And it's really more of a consultation sort of thing. It's like, hey, this is what I believe or this is what I've done for myself. Let me tell you how you can do it. And and of course, as health coaches, that's not what we do. We have to relinquish our agenda and allow the, the client or the member, or the person we're working with to express their agenda and then we help them get there. You know, that's an excellent point because a lot of times too, if you're not a board certified health coach, you know, when you're looking at hiring a health coach, some of those health coaches, they represent supplement companies. Yeah. They might be a member of an MLM company. And it's really important. I always tell somebody, if you're looking at a health coach and they come with a diet or a supplement plan, they are not a health coach go to the national board uh, website. And I'm actually going to put that in a link as here in here as well, as well as your links, my links, everybody's links will go in the one that you were talking about before that RX link that'll go in here. Um, because I think again, taking that ownership, taking that power um, is great. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you, Mike, how can they get in touch with you? My main website is redpillhealthandwellness.com, which is a mouthful. So it'd probably be easier to go to mikevira.com. That's Mike, V as in Victor, E-R-A.com. And uh, you can contact me there. You can check out my stuff. Everything is on that site. 
Awesome. Well, Mike, I just want to thank you so much. And is there anything else you'd like to add that I didn't ask you or anything like that? No, I, I think this was really fun. And um, I, I mean, I could talk about this sort of thing for days on end. So maybe we'll get to do another one of these. And uh, I, I really enjoyed this. So thank you very much, Laura. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And if you want to talk some more about Mike or connect with him, hit check out the links in the show notes. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.